Hello, friends. Welcome back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Protein Works. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that I am a massive fan of them. Their superfood bites are amazing, and I keep on pounding through packets after packets. And I'm pretty certain that their greens powder is the only reason that I've not got ill this winter. So head to theproteinworks.com or the link in the show notes below and pick some stuff up. I couldn't recommend them more highly. On to today's guest, Michael Malice. Fell in love with him on Joe Rogan. I've been listening to him for years and I finally managed to lock him down and sit him in front of a microphone so that I could have a chat with him. Michael is really, really quick thinking, very, very witty. So... My goal for this podcast was just to find a bunch of very random facts from the internet and hear what you had to say about them. So that is precisely what we did. So today you will learn who created Flaming Hot Cheetos. You will learn why fast fashion is destroying the wiping rags business. You will get to hear how many people were born in the UK with the name Nigel in 2016. And you'll also get to hear his thoughts and my thoughts on my dating life. So yeah... Get ready for this one. Please welcome the wise and wonderful Michael Malice. Oh yeah, P.S. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Every week, Monday and Thursday, I'm releasing episodes with the most fascinating humans on the planet, and you don't want to miss them. Michael Malice in the building. Woo! There he is. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Fantastic. What's been happening? In actually, no. First off, Dave Rubin got you in a full ensemble, and I got I get you in a t-shirt. What's happening? Uh, yeah. Well, you also this is Skype. You wanna if you when you get a studio and not a bedroom, (sighs) then I'll dress appropriately. I'm in my pajamas. See. those yeah. are nice. That's a nice check on the bottom the bottom half. Thank you. You look And good. I've got some nice farm socks for no reason. <laughs> so you're from Newcastle. Correct. Do you, I'm going to impress you and make you uncomfortable. Hit me. The one thing I know about Newcastle, which no other American knows, is Mary Bell. I don't know that. What's that? Mary Bell was 10 or 11, and she was the youngest person convicted of murder in Britain. She killed two toddlers. And then she went to their house and she's like, I want to see Billy. And they're like, he's dead, love. And she's like, I want to see him in his coffin. And they sentenced her to jail at age 11. She's from Newcastle. She's a Geordie. You didn't know this? That is the most harrowing story that I've ever heard. Yeah. And they left like notes like, oh, there's murderers around like a little kid handwriting. Yeah. You didn't know about this? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book's called Cries Unheard. Fuck me! What a way to stop, Michael. Come on. Yeah. What's the? I've got I've got stories about flaming Cheetos and stuff, and you're talking about like child murder, child yeah. on child crime. Yeah. Wow. Come on then. That's what's... how I first. Well, I heard, that, the other thing is that's how I learned about that Newcastle is a thing, other than the beer, which I adore. Mm-hmm. But also the thing they discussed in the book, which you're going to have to do for me, mm-hmm. is they talked. They said that the Geordie accent is like the most unique accent in all of Britain. Probably not too far off correct, yeah. So when you get really, really thick, it's it's essentially another language. You gotta remember yeah. we're right next to Scotland. We are right, which as is, close uh, yeah, which genuinely is another language. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's there's some people if you were to if I was to roll you out into the streets of, of Newcastle and just get you to try and translate, I think you I think you might have a bad time. 
Yeah, or a fun time. Yeah, or a fun time. So come yeah. on, tell me what's been happening in your world at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I have my shows. Uh, my my I mean my books out last May. Um, I, I I'm just uh, like you know being a jackass on Twitter, um, and just I don't know having a great 2020. Are you having a good 2020 so far? 2020 has been sick. I've got a question for you. What is your favorite meme of 2020 so far? I'm uh, of 2020. It's been short. You not think um, there's been much good stuff? I haven't seen I, much I, good I, stuff. I am blanking. Have there been any good memes so far this year? What are some suggestions? I don't, it depends on what you class. I mean, this um, standing on a box, this Bloomberg box thing. I don't know if that classes <laughs> as a meme, but oh my god, like that is just. It's. I don't know. I've I've seen better. You don't like that one. No, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a munchkin myself, and there's so much worse things to hit him over. Okay, got you. I think when you do the body shaming stuff, it's weak mm, because, like, when they bro. say Trump, can I, can I curse on this show? Fire away, man. So when they talk about like how Trump has a small dick, it's like, okay, like, wh- where are you going with this? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I understand. I get that. That's uh, not the problem with Bloomberg. The problem is he's like a, you know, a crazy person. <laughs> He was our mayor. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, you know. I remember his uh, mayorship. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It wasn't that bad, but you knew if you scratched the surface, this person is dangerous. Because he was very much a, I'm going to manage every aspect of your life for your own good. You know, he was trying to ha- think of plans about how to have Manhattan not have any cars, to force everyone into public transport. He was, I, I think you guys have that in London where like uh, the tolls on bridges change depending what time of day you use. So like everything is this kind of engineered from the top, mm. very kind of benevolent, brave new world kind of situation. Um, so yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a particular uh, um, fan of his. You've got this dystopian future with Bloomberg at the head of it. If he got in power, yeah. I mean, because he's got a lot of ideas. And when people in government have ideas, that's when things get dangerous. When they have that power as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So have you heard of Wall Street Bets on Reddit? Do you know what this is? I've not. Oh, man. This is precisely your sort of thing. So I basically... I have absolutely no structure to today, but I've just got a load of individual facts that we that we we can talk about and we can go through. And Wall Street Bets is something I got introduced to recently. So it's a, a subreddit. And on here people make the most insane trades. Like just someone who will remortgage their entire house and put it on Apple's stock going down by 5% by Thursday at 12 midday. Okay. And just literally leverage their entire life purely for internet points from strangers that they've never met. Wow, that does not seem normal. No, but it is very fun. And if you just have a look, there's something called the dankest Wall Street bet trades, which is like... (laughs) (laughs) I do like... (laughs) Which is like a a quarterly roundup on YouTube (laughs) that's like commentated and it's all of the dankest bets that someone's made. And like some of them are really good, like someone who makes like 200 grand in a couple of days, but most of them are just people blowing their whole life savings like taking money out of their wife's account to like, and they remortgage the house and do everything, student loans in there as well. And then, yeah, it, everything goes out the window. You, you need oh, that, to check it out. Okay, that sounds very disturbing. <clears throat> a little bit. Not as disturbing as a child killing another child though, Ma- Michael, so. You should read the notes. I can't even repeat them, the language in them. Oh my God. Yeah. Right, okay. I've got another thing to talk about actually because you're, you're yeah. a super expert on North Korea, right? But we're not, yes, hearing, true. We're not hearing anything about it at the moment. It's all China. China. China, yeah. 
it makes me sad um, because for a little window there, you know, I went there, I wrote a book about it, Dear Reader. I mean, this has been my work for a few years, like kind of proselytizing, you know, on behalf of these people who are all slaves um, and trying to shift the focus from the dictatorship to you know the, the, the population there. And it and it was very disturbing to see the subtext much more in the States than in, you know, I was on the BBC, you know, doing talks on this, but this is much more in the States where the focus here is so much that Trump is the devil. It almost sounds like you're wanting this to fail. Whereas, you know, you should very much be hoping that fine, he's the devil, but let's hope this devil pulls out a win on behalf of these, you know, people who've been enslaved for 70 years. Uh, and now that it's completely fallen by the wayside, it's very, very discouraging. Um, it's clearly not as much of a priority for the president. Um, and the media. And at, while that happens, the people, you know, the, the, once you go there, everyone I've met is still there. You know, I see my guide on Instagram. She's a, very wealthy by North Korean standards. She knows she's in a prison. She knows she can never leave. If she leaves, her pe- family will be murdered publicly to make an example. That's how they do it. So it's it's very, very disheartening um, that it has kind of fallen by the wayside. And it's also disturbing that China is going in a North Korean direction. Uh, North, Korean has some, North Korea has something called Sangban. Um, and in the 50s, they interviewed everyone in the country, literally everybody, and they figured out how reliable your family is vis-a-vis the government. And they slotted everyone, it's like a credit score, into three classes, <laughs> uh, hostile, wavering, or loyal. And this determines everything about your life, including what city you live in, whether you can go to college, you know, who you marry and things like that. And now China is talking about doing this kind of social credit system, which will determine whether you can like leave the country. It's it's very, very discouraging. Although the Hong Kong stuff is a, a, a little ray of hope. Yeah. I was talking to a data scientist a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that because we have GDPR in the UK, you guys in America don't really have that, but you have some data protection laws and china is just like complete wild west like you oh, can, yeah. there is no there is no limit to what people can do so here's one um insurance companies are using people's gps data on their phone and if they find out that you are sleeping consistently in two different locations that is strongly affecting your credit score and the reason is if you're consistently sleeping in two different locations it means that you are likely to be in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, you will get engaged. If you get engaged, you'll get married. And if you get married, you'll probably get divorced, which means that you're a credit risk. But isn't it also if you're in two places, you're more likely to get in a car accident? Maybe that as well. Yeah, because you're traveling well. more. They're also, or- they're also using the speed at which people fill in their details on insurance forms to affect the amount they pay for insurance. Really? So if you fill, they have a t- like a the the uh, scraping the data about how much time it takes someone to fill in, and if it takes x amount of time, then this happens, and if it takes x plus two, then this happens, and x plus three, then this happens. Yeah, but there's a lot of research behind this. This is not based on nothing, you know. Like actuaries, you know, it, it's amazing how quantifiable I think most human behavior is. Most human beings aren't really capable of, you know, critical thought or original be- action. So we don't know where this is based on, but I don't think it's tea leaves. No, not at all. It's absolutely so. The guy that I was speaking to was like, "Look, all that they've done is modeled two different things." Yeah, the, the AI that they've got that's working behind this isn't malevolent or like nefarious. It's not going like, I'm going to pick out the old people or I'm going to pick out the people in relationships. It is that in the past, if someone has characteristic A, yeah. then B, 
and they're just modeling that. But the fact is that you can't hide the data. Like previously, your data about whether Got or it. not you are in a relationship okay. or whether or not you are take a, 10 minutes longer to fill in your social security number or whatever it might be wouldn't have been publicly available. It wouldn't have been used at least to affect. Oh, that's it. very crazy that it's public. That's really – yeah, because, I mean, I bet you, like, there's a correlation between people who watch Modern Family and, and a beverage that they drink, right? It's And some other show, some other beverage. That's how data works. But it's that's very – oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, it yeah. is. Do you know what the most popular type of porn is in India for men? Um, For men, India. It's not fucking cows, is it? No. Am, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> well, I mean – are you allowed to say that? You are allowed to say it on the podcast. I don't know how you how much you are supposed to say it. That's, that's um, a- let me guess. Um, India. My friends. My one of my closest friends is Indian. Yeah. So, just to mess with him, I'm going to say man boy. No. What? What is it? Breastfeeding. Oh, because that's milk. They love milk. Is that a thing? I'm not sure or if it's it, the milk. I don't think. I if think you it's- venerate the cow, you're going to venerate the milk. Okay. Y- yeah. I don't. Maybe. I mean, you've drawn. You've drawn that line. That might be it. I don't know why. I just know that it is. I just know that it is the most popular type of. I've popular. never heard of anyone getting turned on by that. No, me neither. But go to India, Michael. You will be amongst friends. I. I'm, that's not my. I, I mean, I'm. I'm a fan <laughs> of the breast. Wait, let me ask you. Okay, now let's talk about this because this is what I want to know. Okay. And I, I have friends who are very into fitness. Um, I have friends who are like TV models. Uh, they were on like Survivor or whatever. So your job is to be an official hunk, right? That's like your gig. And you can hand wave it away and be like, oh, poor little me. But that's your gig, right? Partly. Right. What's it? Do you use like dating apps? Is your experience on these dating apps like being a girl that you just get like thousands of hits? Um, matches are fairly consistent. But again, what we're we talking about just there, they select for a very specific type of girl. Does that make sense? No, explain it to me, please. Okay, so there is a very specific type of girl who will swipe right on a guy that that has the particular characteristics that I do and my buddies that are the same. And I don't know, it's weird. It, it, dating isn't dating isn't massively easy for me or any of the friends that I know that have come out of doing reality TV and, and, and do the whole Instagram game. I don't know anyone who has a really easy time of it. I heard that too, that it's easy to get laid, but it's hard to get a girlfriend because the girlfriend that you want are going to see those types floating around you and think you're not interested in her. And at the same time, it's easy for you to get laid. So maybe you're not as interested and it's going to be kind of self-isolating and it's not as, it looks a lot prettier on the outside than it is on the inside. Is that correct? To a degree. I think it depends on what you're looking for in a partner. So, you know, there'll be some of the guys listening, uh, the girls that have been on reality TV, some of the stuff I've been on. And, um, like with them, some of them want someone else that is in that bracket. And okay. for them, it's like, it's fantastic. It's kind of like inbreeding, but within sure. within particular social circles. But for me, I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like I've done, you know, I'm 31. I've served my time with the Dolly Birds. So for me, I want to, I want to try and find. But if you go headline title is guy who used to be on Love Island and Blue Tick and Arsehole. Like that's what you see. So when I'm when I'm actually wanting to talk to them about the guy that's the data scientist that works out whether or not you're sleeping in two locations, that goes completely over their head. And to find the girl who is interested in that, it's actually really challenging. Yeah, because she's going to be put off because she's going to think you're an asshole or 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 or, or uh, completely two dimensional. My my other friend, when he got very fit, what he said, and I wonder if this has been your experience, like when he would go to the bars, the girls who he would want who are like maybe eights. Because they've got a great personality, they are prettier than average, but they're not 
like at that level where it gets annoying, um, they are put off. And the ones who are very, very forward and aggressive, like grabbing his genitals, are like the really unattractive ones who just go up to him and like treat him like meat. Is that your experience? They're also the ones with daddy issues. The okay. ones that come up and do that are the, the ones who are the real sort of freaks when you... And that, but that happens. Sometimes. I mean, it's still, okay. it takes a very, very ballsy girl to come and do that. Like to, to be the, the forward thinker. I'm speaking to Heather Boleyn, who's an evolutionary psychologist at the end of the week. And I've been reading up a little bit about it. And it is like, there is no, essentially no species in the world where the woman is the sexual protagonist. And the same goes for, it takes such a brave girl to come and do that. Do you get men being openly hostile to you when they meet you? No. Or like, they're not, they're not like giving you the eye? No, I think there's guys who are significantly more alpha than I am. And they might, they might do with them. Um, but my livelihood the last 13 years has been standing on the front door of nightclubs. So I've seen a million people walk past me in nightclubs because that's what I do. I fill clubs. And, um, it's meant that, I don't know, my demeanor of just kind of being accepting and normalizing of just humans in a, in a kind of an environment, normal social environment, I think seems to kind of quell that pretty quickly. Okay. Um, It's interesting. There's there's never any of that. I don't know. I mean, what, what was it like for you? Talk to me about your sort of. Data. I'm not a hunk. That's true. So that I don't have true. to. I finally I got my abs in, so I I feel comfortable talking about this stuff with you. But yeah. it's very interesting how people who are outliers physically, hmm. what their experiences are, and how different they are, and how different from how people perceive them to be. Uh, like if you again, like I have a friend who's a model, and she's complaining. There's two scenarios, right? One where she's complaining, I can't find a dude. Well, that's because you're a, a picky bitch. But then there's the one where, yeah, the kind of guy she would want would never think to approach her because he thinks that she would never be interested in him. And when you're at her level, she doesn't need to be dating a model dude Mm. because she's like, I'm going to be the pretty one. I'm fine. I want someone who can hold my interest. Mm. So it's it's, at that level, it's very, very weird. It's challenging for girls. It's really challenging for girls, I think, because of hypergamy, right? So women tend naturally to date up and across. And it's the problem, the same problem for any girls that are listening. If you are over six foot one, like I I feel for you because you're, you're having to look for athletes, you know, like basketball players, stuff like that. Like girls tend not to date men that are shorter than them. So if you are, and it's the same thing goes for every other factor about a girl if you're a nine out of ten girl or a ten out of ten girl like the guy doesn't want his mates to always be able to say you're punching or if you're a girl who happens to earn half a million pounds a year like you're you don't want despite my uh, instagram bio saying aspiring trophy husband um (laughs) like most men don't want that yeah but and it's also what they find is when they're that good looking the guy presumes that the woman won't be interested so they will come at them very aggressively and when she is obviously not interested in this aggression then they feel comfortable being very nasty to her but they're the ones who have set up this whole kind of scenario uh, needlessly mm. and it becomes self-validating it's, it's very interesting dynamic at that level dating's fascinating man i'm rereading mark manson's models at the moment um which is like how to attract women through honesty essentially. And that's so, so interesting as he talks about the things that he's discovered. Mark Mansell knows your shit. Like the things that he's discovered make relationships work. And um, yeah, super, super, super interesting. Uh, I got I got a, a, another yeah. thing that we can move on to. Let's so do. Flaming Hot Cheetos, do you know who invented them? 
No. So Richard Montanez, who is a cleaner okay. at the Frito Lay factory. Oh. So the um, he's now the VP of multicultural sales for PepsiCo America. The guy couldn't okay. read or write when he was the janitor. Oh. Um, and while he was there, Roger Enrico, who was like the CEO of uh, uh, Frito Lay, had encouraged all of the workers to act like an owner. That's okay. why he said he'd given this big, you know, one of those like end of year announcement speech type things, Buffett and, and people like that give him all the time. And um, then this guy, this this Richard Montanez guy had decided that there wasn't any Cheetos for the Mexican market because Mexicans love spice. And he just started like fucking around with some Cheetos and made Flaming Hot Cheetos. And now he's the VP of multicultural sales huh. for PepsiCo. I, I think I was more of a cheese – I've always been a cheese doodles guy myself. You see, in America, you guys just have the absolute like laundry list of, of every different type of confectionery and, and savory item. How, I'm sorry. How many types of Walker's Crisps are there? Like 60? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Prawn cocktail, hedgehog, mint <laughs> lamb, t- chicken tikka masala. What are you talking about? We, we, we could play this game. Okay. Yeah, you are right. America, though, I mean, sometimes when I go over, I don't know whether it's just novelty, but when I do go to America, I'm just blown away. Like some of the things that, that like the breakfast cereals is one thing. Like America does breakfast cereals so good. I'm super, super impressed by that. If you go to, for the, for the people across the pond who go to the, whenever I go to anywhere I travel, I go to the supermarket because I love seeing all the wacky brands. Yeah. Um, if you come to America and you go down the cereal aisle, Every cereal box that's for kids, the character looks like they're on cocaine. <laughs> they're all like really excited and their teeth are showing. And you look at them like these, this leprechaun is like is cranked off up. his face. Yeah. And yeah, it's really when you have that notice, Count Chocula is really excited <laughs> about the cereal. It's like he hasn't slept all night because he's been doing rails. And now here comes the chocolate to top it off. It's really nuts. Go look. Now you can't unsee it. If no, anyone goes you- to the super- you're they'll, totally they'll correct. See. Yeah, Count Chocula's yeah. been up on a heavy one all night. Yeah. Right, next up. What do you think is the world's most popular spirit by volume sold? Oh, it's it's a Mutai from China. Baiju. Baiju, sorry, yeah. Baiju from China. So the next it closest. Tastes like, it tastes like gasoline. Have you had it? So I did something called the Arduous March. So two, I did it twice. I had fans chip in money and we bought uh, we did this once with 32 bottles and once with 40 bottles. And me and my crew did a quarter shot to see if we can get through oh, all of these. you spoke about this on Rogan. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And it was all these weird liquors. Um, the weirder, the better. And one of them, of the 32, the, the, it was Muay Thai, I guess it's type of Baiju, yeah. was by far the worst. Nothing was even close to as bad. What's it It was horrific. Like? It was a mix of like soy sauce and like rotten <laughs> like just straight off the bat it's so racist well, <laughs> yeah, it, but it does it has that salty like metallic taste got you yep yep and then like meat it was it and, and it, it, it tasted like maybe some kind of cleanser it was horrifying and the, it keeps the, the taste stays with you you know in your mouth and i think how it works is they do shots all night and get like really whatever the word for plastered is in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while, you don't taste anything, I think, is how it works. It kills your taste buds. Burns the sensation away. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's really bad. 10 billion and some liters like $800 a, a, a bottle. It gets really expensive. <sighs> Vodka, 5 billion liters a year. Buys you 10 billion liters a year. Yeah. Shit, man. Right, next up, drunk shopping 
is a $45 billion per year industry. Okay. Where do you drunk shop? You ever drunk shopped? I don't really drink because I get meaner when I drink. Um, mean, meaner than usual? Yeah. Oh, God. And uh, then does someone need to take your Twitter off you? Take me what? Take your Twitter off you. No, no, I meant in person. Oh, okay. Right, got you. Yeah, I'm Russian, so we are very good at being cruel. And I'm also funny, so then the next day I feel guilty when I say really nasty things. And your which surname, are funny the moment. Your surname is Malice. Yeah, Malice by name, Malice by nature, as Roger Hargreaves would say. Um, uh, I have never done drunk shopping. Yeah. I don't think I have. Apparently, like uh, online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently £444 is the average annual spend of a drunk shopper. Clothing and shoes, most common purchase, and Amazon is the most highly drunk shopped okay. platform. If I'm drunk and I get home, I'm going to bed. I'm not going online. I'm not going to go shop. Well, I suppose. Do you? No, no, I don't. I'm just thinking, I'm wondering if this is the married woman yeah. not, not going to booty call. You know, it's not a you up 2.30 a.m. text that she's going to send to like right. a bunch of people, which, by the way, we have a series called Life Hacks on the podcast. A life hack, which will never be featured on there, but I'm going to put on now, is one that a friend used to use. He has a broadcast list on WhatsApp of 3 a.m. girls, 4 a.m. girls, and 5 a.m. girls. And that is like in descending order of preference that he will yeah. send her like what you up to and just broadcast it to the whole list individually. And then if they reply, great. But if no one does, then it goes to the 4 a.m. list. Then he sends that. And then if no one replies, then it's like the 5 a.m. list. And that's It's like, like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yes, right? you descend through the, the circles. Low, yeah, you descend the circles and it gets worse of WhatsApp. And worse. <laughs> At the very base, it's Judas being chewed by Satan. Oh, then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, th- I think is when I'm going to stop drinking, I'm that's when I go home. Mm. And I'm not going online at all. If you it's dr- got to be when you're drinking by yourself. Yeah, so you, you double screen and you've got like Modern Family or whatever on. And it's yeah. like a Tuesday at 9 p.m. And you've right. had a bottle of wine and you're just like, oh. Yeah, and some soup for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Chef you buy some more soup for one. Yeah, you buy some more soup. Right, what else have we got here? Here, this one's this one's so good, Michael. Okay. Right, so emojis are starting to appear in evidence in court cases. Okay. And, and lawyers are worried when emoji symbols are strung together, we don't have a reliable way of interpreting their meaning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In 2017, an Israeli judge had to decide if one emoji-filled message constituted a verbal contract. So this guy had replied about coming to inquire about a house, and he was trying to work out like if the monkey or chipmunk on the end was uh, some sort of positive reinforcement that he actually meant that he was going to like come and do something with this house. Um, my favorite series of emojis, Kurt Schlichter, he's a senior columnist at Town Hall, he goes after the Bill Crystal types Republicans. And what he invented was the fist, the eggplant, and then the squirting water. <laughs> it's a classic. It's, an, it's, it's like, a classic. It's, like a, it's so much better than the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, really great. It's so so credit to Kurt for that. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what's, I tell you what, you can tell a lot from a man by what his most frequently used emojis are. Have you got your phone nearby? Can we see your most... I, I don't use the. I do not do them on the phone. I do them on Twitter. I'll tell you what they are. Okay. Cool. I, I know them off the top of my head. Cool. The blowing kiss one. Yeah. Because if someone sends me a nice tweet and I don't want to write a long reply, I'll blow them a kiss. Yeah. Or if I'm being a 
uh, like nasty to somebody else, I'd be mm-hmm. like, or maybe ask your mom blowing a kiss. Mm-hmm. The other one is if I'm being really uh, snide and bitchy on Twitter, I'll do the nail polish one <laughs> to signify this queen. Is being bitchy. Yeah. 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 Yes. Queen. Yeah. Just got the nail polish. Um, or, you know, if someone says something like, well, maybe not with that shirt on, you know, the, the nail polish comes out. Um, and the other one I use is, although less frequently since Bolsonaro took over Brazil, is the helicopter emoji. So the helicopter emoji, and I talk about this in my book, is when Pinochet took over Chile in 1979 uh, in a military coup. He took a lot of communists and non-communists, apparently, and in helicopters and threw them in the ocean. So when you see someone on Twitter who's being particularly egregious, you just reply with a helicopter and they won't know what it is, but everyone else will. But now that we've got a guy in Brazil who's kind of in that direction and it's not that funny, uh, I've, I've used it much less. Yeah, you got to roll back on that. But getting the, yeah. get the sea is a very good response to anyone that just that needs to leave, that needs to depart the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fast fashion is, okay. wi- is wiping, is hitting the wiping rags business. So what's the wife wiping rags? Wiping rags. So there's billions of years. So about what? speak English, motherfucker. Wiping rags. It's a rag for wiping, Michael. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 30% of textiles that are recovered for recycling in the US get used to wipe shit. Painters need to wipe up their splodges. Okay, like cloths. Wait. So it's or, it, are they paper towels or are they cloths? They're cloths. Okay. So it's like textile material, okay. right? So you're a, an engineer who's got to clean down some of the oil or whatever on a machinery, all this sort of stuff. <clears throat> and apparently fast fashion. So this like, do you guys have like pretty little thing and, and kind of imagine any dress that Kendall Jenner is on an affiliate deal for. Okay. It costs about $20 and, and every girl owns it. It's like a disposable dress, right? Like okay. a single-use dress or a single-use T-shirt. That's fast fashion. And okay. this, this clothing quality is so low that it's annihilating the wiping rags business because they literally can't stand up to wiping shit. Okay. So it's such bad, it's such bad quality that once you've worn it, when you try yeah. to wipe some paint up with it, it just falls to pieces. So there you go. You've got to be careful about what you buy. I'm the opposite. I am a big denim collector. Right, I've got thirty pairs of jeans, and the trick with the raw denim is, wow. yeah, but you wear it for years because it breaks down and you get the fades. You know what I mean? And it kind of adapts to your body, and you know what I mean? It, like that's the fun of it, right? And mm. you almost never wash them. So this is the exact opposite of the kind of fashion I like. Like I like it when your clothes, you know, like if you have corduroys where the whales have worn down over seven years, that's fun. You know what I mean? Because I hate, this is what drives me crazy. This is my autism speaking. When you have clothes that are distressed, but you bought them new, yeah. like with the faded logos, that's so, art- it, it drives me crazy. I want to have that t-shirt that's been through the wash 30 times mm-hmm. and now it's the letters are falling off. That's fun because I put in the work. Yeah, you want to feel like it's you've, it's a shortcut to success. Yes, I've earned it. This yeah. is my, this and this shirt is my sweat patches. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a I'm a man who probably shortcuts that. But then I I buy cheap stuff. Do you know I mean, I spend my nights surrounded by drunken students on the front door of a nightclub. I don't want anything nice. Everything Wait, nice so that I own is destroyed. How annoying is it? Do they, are they all up in your face about the show and about Insta? Um, they were when it was a little bit more recent. So it's been like four okay. and a half, four and a half years now. Um, a little bit more. I got barred from the front door of my own event by my business partner because oh. because when I would walk around outside there would just be this throng of people that would like eh, 
uh, uh, like cats jumping up and down or something. Um, but that, that's kind of, that's kind of chilled now. So I can actually do my job again, which is, which is nice. Do you get hit on more by chicks or by dudes? Chicks. I give off a real bad gay vibe. It's just really, my, yeah, my gaydar. Oh, I don't know how it works. My gaydar is accurate for other people, but my like appearance on the gaydar for, for people that are gay. No. Huh. I thought the pretty guys get a hit on the most. I did not know this. Okay, interesting. I'm not sure. We were asking this question the other day. I want to know if you're a gay man. Like, how do you know if you're if you're like a, a top or a bottom? I have no. I, I I don't know. Well, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're listening, and can you please explain? Like, do you do you sometimes swap? Is it a you know? Is it always a one a one way street type thing? I want to know because on on Grinder, you can choose whether or not you're top or bottom. Or I think okay. you might be able to choose both. But like. How do you know? And what if two tops arrive? Or two bottoms? Well, I I think the analog would be, do you like choking her in bed or do you like getting choked in bed, right? But you can still have sex either way. Right, but it's more like which is the more dominant and which is the more submit. I don't know. I think we're talking about things we're not really familiar with. So we, de- have- we definitely are. That is definitely correct. What else have we got here? Um, oh, mushrooms. Mushroom, yeah. Mushrooms and truffles are more closely related to humans than they are to plants. Yeah, because of the proteins. Yeah, and they breathe in... I only found this out the other day, that they breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, they're, and that's why they're used as meat analogs. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you think about how fungus works, it basically breaks down plant matter into its own form. So in a very, very primitive way, that's like eating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they split off. So there was plants at the top, and then us and plants split off. But after us and plants split off, us and fungi split off. So Wait, fun- pla- oh, I thought fungi came before plants. No? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so we are we are part of a lineage that's after that. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then, I mean, Paul Stamets has got all this stuff, right? Where he goes on about the mycelium under the floor that can talk to each other a million miles away and all this stuff. I just got a fossil of something called Dickinsonia, which looks like like a quilted circle. And for a long time, they didn't know whether it's a fungus or a jellyfish or a plant or since it's the oldest fossil or something that is not related to anything contemporaneous. And then somehow they found cholesterol molecules in one of the fossils. So now they know it was actually an animal. So it's really weird how things that look nothing like us just based on the uh, chemical composition, we can figure out what it is, right? Because fungus looks so different. Some fungus don't have fruiting bodies. They, they're complete parasitic, whatever. To- toenail fungus doesn't look like a mushroom to us, right? <laughs> we don't know if it's a virus, an infection, you know, bruise. Just a thing. So just a thing. And we can look based on how for billions of years, there's certain things that have stayed the same. Isn't that weird? It's crazy, man. I absolutely love thinking about that stuff. You've mentioned there, you've mentioned a couple of times buying stuff random shit from the internet what have you been spite funding recently and can you for the people who don't know what that is can you explain what it is so i had this idea once when someone came for me um on twitter i said it would be a real shame if people gave me money i don't uh uh, for something i didn't want just to spite you and the donations kept coming in i have a bunch of stuff right here i'll show you um and i'm like all right so here i have this is a pen you're not gonna be able to see it really made out of fordite Fordite is what happens in factories when after years of hand spray painting, it makes layers and layers and layers, and it's kind of a synthetic mineral. So this is a pen made out of Fordite. Um, this is another pen. This from this is from a Corvette factory. That is cool. Then I have 
a pen stand made out of a walrus tusk. I did not need this, but they paid for it. After a while, it gets harder and harder to find things to buy. This is a pen from South Africa made out of a warthog tusk. Oh, my God. I don't need seven pens. This pen is made out of... Do you write much? Do you ever write? Have you ever written anything? Well, not with my pens. I'm an author. I use (laughs) a computer. This one is made of wood from the DMZ between the Koreas. So that's pretty cool. cool. That's cool as fuck. What else do I have handy? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, who handy. who has got hold of that piece of wood? So the guy who made it, his his friend was stationed in the South Korean part, uh, and he just took like a branch and sent it back to. Fuck me, that's a dangerous. It's a, yeah, it's really fun. This spite funding thing. I just um, I'm looking right now at a signed photo of Andy Kaufman, who's my hero, uh, yeah. hanging hanging above my my head. So it's really fun a shtick to do. And what else are you, be, getting, are you thinking about anything else at the moment? Or is it just yeah. sort of spur of the moment? I've got a pair of tribal print pants, corduroys from Japan, in honor of Elizabeth Warren. But someone bought them from under me, so the money's still in escrow. But that was it, yeah. And when Kamala Harris, I don't know how got familiar they are with her over there. She was this cop who was running for president, just really a, an abomination of a human being. Uh, so when she lost, we had a ham because uh, the pig was roasted. I guess you call them the filth over there, right? Uh, we had a, a um, ham roasting, a ham tasting. I had this Spanish ham and all the hams from all over the world. Yeah. Um, actually, I'll, that's really funny. Let me tell you something interesting. The first time I did an interview with the BBC, and this is a very shocking moment to me, and I, I'm, I'm going to offend some people, and I apologize in advance. Um, I was born in Russia, so the way the Soviets, Russians look at the police is very different from the States. And I was doing an interview in BBC4 or something, And they said, oh, this website you work on, you guys make a lot of jokes about the police. And I thought, you know, Britain's much more left than the States. And I said, well, it's like my dad always told me, and this is true, like wherever you go on earth, whenever you find yourself, the dumbest people are the cops. And they audibly gasped and they go, this is a family show. And they changed the subject. And that was the first time I realized how that is politically incorrect. Uh, to say it was it was very jarring because I wasn't cursing or anything. How would, um, it gone, it was, how would it, that joke have gone down in America? Oh, it, it would not go down here. Here would be very um, controversial. Uh, I'd get a lot of heat for it, so I bite my tongue. Uh, and I'm like, I didn't real. Uh, the animus was out of proportion to the very weak bit of humor that there was to it. Mm, and you just didn't think you didn't know how it was going to land. I didn't think it was going to land bad at all because this is Europe. So I assumed it was going to be the same as in Russia, and it was not. It was much closer to the States. <laughs> definitely is. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, no babies uh, born in Britain in 2016 were called Nigel. You know that? Oh, I love him, and no, I'm in love with him. I have a few friends that are called Nigel. They're a dying breed. He is. I met him at um, the studio once, and I go to him, uh, Mr. Farage, uh, what do you think of Enoch Powell? And he goes, he's an interesting man. Very interesting. And I'm like, all right, I got you. Well, that's what Russell Brand called him, didn't he? He called him the pound shop Enoch Powell. Did he? Yeah, Russell Brand. Okay. He referred to him, I think, on question time as they sat on the same panel. He was like five yards away from him and said he's the pound shop Enoch Powell. Do people in the UK not appreciate the savagery when he goes to the European Parliament and basically takes a shit on the desk? I think British people have a very unique sense of humor. 
Sure. I, and I actually don't think that they find what Farage does as funny as what Farage does is. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, because when to me, I, that, I don't know how many people saw it. Like when Brexit finally happened and he gave his little speech and they all get, got up and started waving their little Union Jacks. It was so, so stupid and so, so funny. And then the lady at the front of the room was like, sit down and get rid of your flags. And he's like, don't worry, we're leaving. And I'm like, this is hilarious. And I, it's not meant to be taken seriously at all. It's clearly clownish intentionally. And I, I don't I, – I, you know, people here – and in the states, get very, very upset by Trump tweets mm. when they're the stupidest thing ever. Mm. And I'm like, how are you giving this the power to? Yeah, I get it's the president, but this, in, of all the things he's done, this is the one that gets you upset that he's, you know, making fun of this person. I mean, how are you? How are you? How do you have this much energy to be this triggered after this much time? Man, I, this is what I replied to you on Twitter yesterday. You you retweeted a video of some people protesting outside of the White House. Uh, ringing bells and, and shouting yeah. shame. And the, the yeah. first thought into my mind was, I don't understand how these people have so much time. Right. I, I, I dream of having that much spare time that I could go and do that. I need to manage my schedule more efficiently or get them they, to do it. They need to be doing more drunk shopping. They do. Well, they, they've bought, obviously, fuck, Richard, we've bought this bell from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I was wasted. What am I going to do with it? Right. Why don't we go to the White House and then it'll look, we'll post hoc rationalize the bell purchase and make it look like it was social justice. And we can make this all right off. Yep. Yeah, and it's tax deductible. Yeah, because right. it, it was used as part of content. Let's talk, I mean, you know, this year, 2020, all that's going to happen is election shit, right? Like it's, that's all that's going on. How do you see the rest of this year playing out? What's going to happen? I well tonight as uh, as we record is the Iowa prime caucuses, which is the first voting in the Democratic nomination. And over the last week, it's become full blown warfare between the establishment and the Bernie Sanders people, which I absolutely love. Any kind of political carnage. Um, depending on what happens tonight, it looks like it's going to get very, very, very ugly, very, very, very quickly. Bernie has already been launching ads explicitly attacking the democratic party which i think is historically unprecedented he says they add like we make trump nervous we make the insurance companies nervous we make the democratic establishment nervous i don't think that's real even trump never really went after the quote-unquote republican establishment yeah so if he and he's surging so if that is validated uh by a win uh, I don't know what they are already talking the DNC the Democratic National Committee what they can do to stop this guy. So it might get even more public and even more brazen. You might not have seen this across the pond, but you know Elizabeth Warren said he said to her that a woman can't get elected president. They try to play it off like he's saying a woman shouldn't get elected president. And on MSNBC, one of our networks, which is failing badly, uh, Joanne Reed had a body language expert to prove that Bernie was lying. I mean, this is uh, basically like tea leaves. It, it was so to, to be that brazen and I'm hardly a Bernie person um, is going to be great. We're going to see unprecedented machinations um, on both sides of the, of the democratic party. And, but you, you're having the same thing. You have the real life Titania McGrath, Rebecca Long Bailey about to take over for Jeremy Corbyn. And she's saying that inequality keeps her up at night. It's like, get some rest, bitch. Calm down. Yeah. I mean, that what is going to happen in the UK? I, the thing about the UK is politics is so short-lived for us. Like in America, 
ever since 2016, all that anyone in America has wanted to talk about is how did Trump get elected? Then there's like the great hack on Netflix, which was that documentary about how the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Then there's like all this Ukraine stuff. Then there's impeachment stuff. Then there's Russian hacking and Russian bot farms. And and it's just been four years constantly of like post hoc rationalizing what the fuck happened. Right. And with the UK, as soon as, so on the couple of weeks leading up to the election, there was all rousing people with roses in their bio and, and, and for the many, not the few and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks later, it's all forgotten. Two weeks later, Love Island's on or I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here is on, on ITV on, on the TV channel. So they're just calling someone a fat bitch on TV. That's all, that's all that happens. What was your reaction when you saw Diane Abbott wearing two, <laughs> two left, left shoes, shoes. And, and the different ones? I mean, that ha- I actually love her. Like, I love her a lot because here's what I, people make fun of her. We have people like Diane Abbott here. The thing where I think I really respect her is she knows how to stick to it, the message, right? She was on with Piers Morgan, and he's like, what's Labor's plan for immigration? And she's like, Piers, the Tories don't. It's not working and it's disaster. He's like, okay, fine. What's your plan? I've told you, Piers, the Tories. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I respect a politician who's getting punched in the face <laughs> and is not reacting. That takes skill and that takes fortitude. I'm not being ironic or sarcastic because mm. here they get flustered. They, they freak out. So she's disciplined. So it's a, I, I find her very, very interesting. When you see that single-mindedness, so we saw it on election night, as soon as the exit polls happened, someone somewhere in the Labour Party had trickled down, call it a Brexit issue, call it a Brexit um, vote. And that was all you heard from the yeah, first yeah. guy that came out. And then I can't remember who it was, one of the um, panel pundits on the side of the BBC had managed to get a leaked uh a message memorandum type thing that had gone around, which was like, right, this is the party line. And he was like reading through this leaked thing on air and just wow. saying, and just saying like, yeah, they're just saying, just focus on Brexit, call it a Brexit issue. Cause then the, the, the fingers kind of not really pointed at the fact that we didn't have any good policies. Yeah. And then Brexit's going to be resolved. So now we can have a clean slate next time. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to change anything either. Okay. So we've got that with, with Bernie moving forward. Have you got, do you put your money where your mouth is with stuff for what's going to happen later this year? Or you not, you do you not do that this far out? I put my money where my mouth is that I donated money to Biden because I want a year of him campaigning. Uh, he just recently went to the coal miners and told them, uh, if you know how to co- shovel coal, you can learn how to program a computer, which is a lie. That's not accurate. I don't. If you, someone knows how to use a computer, doesn't mean they can shovel coal either. So his son being an admitted crackhead, um, the fact that we can use the word crackhead and have it be funny again. Whenever he tweets, I always tweet with a response of a crack pipe. And people <laughs> reply to me, that's not a crack pipe, that's a meth pipe. And how foolish of me not to know the distinction between the two. Or they correct me, he's not the crackhead, his son is the crackhead. Oh, how <laughs> okay, embarrassing. Yeah. So I want a year of this. Plus, he's been getting very, very um, um, feisty on the campaign trail. He's been yelling at people. He's been turning his backs on them. He's been telling them to vote for Trump. So angry old man Biden is this kind of bubbling understory that I really need to see a lot more of. And my dream is that he gets the nomination and he gets, let's say, physically incapacitated, some God forbid, and then the party steals it and gives it to Hillary. 
which <laughs> would, is not an impossibility at all, and I would desperately love that to happen. I want to see her lose three times. Like, <laughs> any, any mummy movie, you're going to have a trilogy, right? Yeah, you okay, need the mummy yeah. to come back for the third time and get her final defeat. Where does Dwayne Johnson fit into this? Because he must have to come. The Rock? Out. Yeah. <laughs> he said he's going to run. Is that, what is, is that what's happening? I I'd think it's 24, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'd vote for The Rock. When Trump runs for his third term. Fuck, man. So wait, let me ask you this, Mr. Fitness Guy. How do you stay motivated on a cut? And how do you psychologically handle losing the strength? Um, Those mind games are the toughest part. Because okay. I was at the gym last week, and my lifts were all down. And it's like, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the brain fucks with itself. Mm -hmm. So the problem you've got when you're training for aesthetics and not performance yeah. is that your progress in the mirror is always going to be subjective, not objective. So right. if you were training purely for strength, you would know last week I lifted X, this week I lifted X plus five. Good. Whereas you could wake up 2% leaner than you were a month ago, but be in a shit headspace, look at yourself in the mirror and go, I look fucking shit. I really don't like the, this or I'm not, whatever. Scales are lying, whatever it might be. So I think... But isn't it also interrupting? Sorry. It's also when you have hunger and you have the calorie depletion, your brain is also going to tell you negative things. It's You're not in a positive place like when you're stuffing your face and you have all the carbs and endorphins. But diet brain. So it's when, yeah. you're, when you're on a diet, all you can think about is the next bit of food. Like right. I just want more, I, and it's the same thing. I was talking to Morgan Housel. You know who Morgan is? Wrote yeah. for um, a big, big sort of Wall Street advisor and, and personal finance guy. And we were talking about debt brain. It's like if you're in debt, like severely in debt, and you don't know where the next meal or the next payment on the credit card's coming from, yeah. it's precisely the same as diet brain. So in terms of how you can kind of keep motivation up, it's challenging, man. Like a diet will turn anyone crazy. I have a friend. Well, I say, I say, regimen. Girls have diets. Men have regimens, and it has the word "men" in it. Correct. Nice, nice. Um, Reggie M X N. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cha it's challenging, man. So, the best thing that I can say is just to kind of stick to the process. Like if you just continue to stick to whatever the plan is that's in front of you, ensure that you're having a refeed day refeeding when you, so you're on a calorie deficit and then you're having yeah. one day that's high. No, I should start doing that. I think so. As long as you don't have such a high day that it bumps your total weekly calories then over into a surplus. But let's say that, let's say that you're on, are you tracking calories? I do macros. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what you, do you know what your macros are? Uh, I can tell you. Sure. Let me know. Hold on. Let me open the file. What do you weigh? I am. I dropped. A, I'm down to one thirty-seven. One thirty-seven. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm also five six. Yeah, yeah, but still, one thirty-seven. One thirty-seven at five six is light, man. You must. That's so not that's that why light. The, that's why the abs have come in, though, right? Oh yeah, and the cum gutters too. I'm very excited. Um, one seventy-six protein. Yep. One seventy-five carbs and yep. fifty-one fat. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's nice. I think that's what's that? Probably about 2,100 cows, I think, for the day, something like that. I think approximately, my friends said they are about just about 2,000, yeah. Yeah, got you. So I think if you're doing 2,000, 2,000, and then if you had one low day and then one day where you maybe did 2,5 and allowed yourself to eat a little bit more and chose that, okay. on, chose that on a day when you, you know that you're going to really lift and then you're actually going to go in, you're going to feel a little bit more full and you're going to feel a little bit more energized to go into the gym and stuff like that. So it's quite. And then it's all. Then it's also easier psychologically because you, you have to tell yourself, I just got to hang in till Saturday. Yeah. Sacrifice and then I have reward. my reward. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very it. helpful. Another thing as well to consider is 
anyone that's listening that's ever been on a diet will, uh, if you've gone on a a regimen, uh, well, the regimen, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I had, I had Andrew Doyle on creator of Titania McGrath. I was just with him in, in, uh, LA. How amazing Uh, is he? He's gay. And I said to him, I go, Andrew, we have to take the faggiest photo ever. So if you go to my Instagram, there's a picture of us feeding each other pink ice cream. Um, (laughs) There's also another picture of me wiping it off his cheek because he's a girl, right? You know what I mean? Um, And it's really, really fun. He's hilarious. I adore him. Dude. So he was sat in my living living room there. He was playing at the Edinburgh Fringe. And he was going to London to be on Sky News and then getting the train up. And the train goes past my house, essentially. Stopped off, came in, had a coffee, fucked off up there. Matt, I was in, I, I couldn't breathe. There was some of the things that he comes out with. He's so, I adore him, yeah. Have you seen that him and Douglas Murray are both touring the UK? No, oh, that's awesome. As a pair. That's amazing. Douglas was to be on my show, but he couldn't get like the license or to get to the States or something. Oh, it was some, uh, visa out- thing. Outlawed from the States. Oh, but speaking of the States, I just saw something else. I got spite funded. You're not going to be able to make this out. This is, it's not going to focus. This yep. is the first penny ever made from 1787 designed by Ben Franklin and on it it says mind your business if you look why this up, why 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 FGIO it's the first penny yeah how Isn't did you, how much was that it was only $200 for the first penny in america yeah that's not that much it goes for much more yeah i know that's what i mean yeah, two hundred for a penny from seventeen eighty seven. I just thought and it would have been like million, million. I thought it was, I don't know, like some. It's not real... literally the first one. I mean, they were in yeah, circulation. Yeah, I get but, it, but there's yeah. not going to be many of them floating around. Correct, right? and especially not in good condition where the the a lot of them the slogans worn off. I'm like, no, no, I have to see. Mind your business. <laughs> Is that great? You should get. Mind you should wear it around your neck or something like that. Oh my! I wouldn't if I. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Melt it down and turn it into like something else. I was going to frame it and have it right when you walk into my house, like a nice little frame. Mm-hmm. I, I, or in the bathroom or something. I don't know. I love it. I, I got to find a frame for it. That's awesome, yeah. man. Okay, so we roll, we're rolling the, the clock forward. We're getting to later in this year. And then what happens? What happens? Okay, two, two scenarios. First one is Trump versus Biden. Second one is Trump versus Bernie. What happens when they actually stand off against each other? I don't think that the Democratic Party will allow Bernie to be the nominee. How, how do they sabotage that? I don't know how they would do it, whether they would change the rules at the last minute. There's a lot of corporate power in the Democratic Party, and I'm sure with the Labor Party, too. They, they pretend it's all for the people. Corporate power is powerful, you know, every country in, in all parties, right? Uh, they will – these corporate – Bernie's no joke when it comes to so, uh, democratic socialism and, you know, contempt for corporations and corporate power in America. He, he means it. He's been saying this for decades. I don't know what they will do. But they will do whatever it takes because, as we're seeing here, you're not, you guys aren't privy to it. The media has now started uh, jumping against him in collusion with the Democratic Party. So what the press did against Trump in 2015-16, uh, they're going to do against Bernie. They're going to start dropping things. I, I, I'm absolutely certain they will never let him be the nominee. Oh, let's, but let's pretend that he does somehow. Let's pretend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If it's Trump versus Biden – um, it is going to be uh, the. It's not often we get to see an old man beaten and laugh, <laughs> like beaten till his teeth fall out. Um, it's going to be horrible to watch. He's not well. I think he's a decent guy. I think he cares about people. I think he is 
a little bit senile. He forgot Obama's name. He's forgetting how to talk often. He just recently said L L B C L G B T O B G Y N. Like he was, <laughs> he said this. This is not a function of, you know, it's it's it's. But it's kind of sad because yeah, yeah. the guy suffered through a lot. He's had family tragedies. I wish him nothing. I make fun of the son, but I don't think he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. And even this. All of this, even if this corruption were all true, it's hardly bad by political standards. Everyone does this kind of stuff. So I do feel bad for him, number one. Um, So I think Trump would wipe the floor with him. With Sanders, if you had two anti-establishment figures, which I don't think there's historic precedent for in the states, at least not for like a good 80 years, I don't know what it would look like. I I, I mean, I think it would be – I think the big loser there would be media. And social media would really seize power because both of these figures, Trump and Sanders, are very, very social media driven and anti-establishment in every kind of sense. Hillary, you know, this this lovely woman who Sanders endorsed and campaigned for, just recently said no one likes Bernie and he's never gotten anything done very gratuitously. Well, that gives him an opportunity because that means he's not beholden to you guys. And he is in a position to be like, we tried it your way. Hillary lost to the worst person in history, an election she should have won. We have this jackass. Now we're trying it my way. And that's a very compelling message, I feel. Mm. So you think that if if there's no roadblocks put in place that you could actually see Bernie getting through? It's conceivable. Yeah. But I, I, I think the this would be kind of the – I can't think of another election America's had that would have been this – kind of messy other than like William Jennings Bryan and, and um, McKinley in like 1896. Like it would be, oh no, no, 68. 68, you had three parties. You had R- Richard Nixon, you had um, George Wallace, the Southern racist figure, and then you had Hubert Humphrey from the Democrats and they were rioting at the, at the Democratic convention and it was basically a, close to a tie in the popular vote between Nixon and Humphrey and Nixon was reviled by the Democrats, understandably. It was a very, very, very dark election. This would be, I think, somewhat similar. It's like two uh, south ends of a magnet, right? Yeah. If you get that and it's just, everything gets Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, it would be really, really uh, horrific in a good way. <laughs> I love the carnage. If you, were, if you were an Avenger, do you think you'd be Loki? Well, Loki's not in the Avengers. He's an enemy. I'm a DC if Comics you, person. Okay. But I am very much a trickster figure. So, yes, Loki, the, the Norse god, not Loki, the combo character. Got you. Got you. Okay. Who's your favorite DC guy or girl? Um, I'm a big I, – I was – no one's – I'm a hipster, so no one's going to have heard of this. But I was a huge fan of the Legion of Superheroes. I have every issue ever. Uh, they took place in the 30th century. And there was a character there called um, Triplicate Girl. So you have Superboy. You have Supergirl. You have Saturn Girl who's telepathic, Cosmic Boy, Magnets, Lightning Lad. And Triplica Girl could just split into three people. And it's like, okay, this guy can juggle the sun. And it's like, okay, there's three chicks here. <laughs> and it's just like, why why are you here? Like, so there's, so there's triplets? Okay. <laughs> so I love that. And one of them, then one of her bodies was destroyed. So she just became Duo Damsel. So it's like, okay, we have people here who can like change like heat and electricity and light. And then there's like twins. Okay. <laughs> twins who sometimes become Siamese twins. Yeah, it's like, all right, like, I guess you can fight this, like, witch who can destroy the universe. Have you ever seen that Family Guy episode where they all get they all get infected with um, nuclear waste and Meg's uh, power is that she can grow her fingernails really fast? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> that was before they canceled the show and brought it back. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and they had the Dallas ending. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Look, Michael, I've taken up enough of your day, man. Twitter's calling you. Uh, people want to come and people want to come and spite fund, give you some money online. Where do they go? What do they do? Uh, MichaelMalice.com slash contribute. But I'm on Twitter. And if you're ever in the States, come and be on my show. Man, Brooklyn, right? Yes, but we, uh, we record in, in Manhattan. I have every single day, there is another reason for me to come out. Every single day. I would love to show you Brooklyn. And here's why. Because we don't have like reality hunks like with accents here. Do not parade me around the streets, Michael. <laughs> well, I, I absolutely want to see what this would be like and what the reaction is. And I bet you there'd be some low-key hostility. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Will you protect, yeah, will sure you you protect me? It. No, but I'll, I'll, you can protect yourself. You, 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 uh, you, know, go to, you go to the gym. You can handle it. Fantastic. Well, that'll do. Thanks, man. You know what to do. Like, share, and subscribe. If you've got any comments or feedback, leave it in the comments below. And we'll see you next time.